Hola, hola humanos, hola humana. ¿Cómo está usted? Buenos días, muchachos. Happy Alien Day. So today's the 13th. Yesterday was actually really Alien Day. It was the 12th. That was when the um, Mexican Congress had uh, space alien bodies and uh, accoutrement on display. And they were talking about them, and these ain't humans. So we're here. We're here now. Things really start taking off from this point forward. You'll start seeing other governments um, kick in with their space alien hordes and caches and stuff they've found, all of that sort of thing. We'll start getting a more or less open debate, and it'll be taken away from the um, uh, the cabal, from the mother weffers, right? They're the ones that keep denying all of this because it suits their uh, agenda to have you try and believe that the... Um, uh, Torah is the is the actual description of the earth that the earth's only six thousand years old, you know, and all of this kind of crap, all this um, uh, basically horseshit that's in the uh, um, uh, Talmud and in the uh, Jewish understanding of our reality, or at least what is told to the Jews as to how they should understand our reality, because it all comes from the Khazarians. Anyway, though, this is a, uh, a big blow to the Khazarian Mafia. It won't be recognized as such for probably another year. But it's going to start off a whole uh, slew of things that are going to remove the, a lot of the support from the Khazarian's viewpoint. It's going to open up a um, giant hole in the normies' heads, and they're going to have to um, expand their view of reality, which, again, will include a larger view of the uh, Khazarian Mafia and their influence and all of this sort of thing. Now, there's some details about the Mexican stuff that I've discussed in the past, right? Uh, I don't know how long ago it was. Maybe it was six, eight, nine months or something. But, like, uh, some serious uh, amount of time back. Let me think here. Okay. Uh, September now. So, probably, it was over a year ago and may well have been closer to a year and a half ago. Um... But some people I know were gifted photographs of a cache of alien uh, stuff that had been found in Mexico, south of Mexico City, okay? And what they found were um, uh, paintings, um, uh, sculptures, primarily sculptures, a lot of jade, a lot of space aliens carved in jade, um, depictions of space alien spaceships in in uh, stone and jade and this kind of thing, uh, other carvings, and then uh, what appear to be um, devices, okay? So uh, there's some some stuff that was found in this one, there, one, oh, wait, wait, so let me back up. There are two different groups, um, both of which are south of Mexico City, one by just not that much, maybe couple of hundred miles, another by a serious amount, five or six hundred miles, that kind of thing, right? So there are two groups, independent of each other, that have each come across um, caches of space alien material that had been buried. In my understanding, one was buried, one was in a cave, okay, and the cave had been sealed. How, I don't know. I don't know any of the details. I didn't get into that. I was much more taken with uh, querying the um, 
uh, the guys on what they actually had found and, and this sort of thing, right? So these two uh, caches of space alien material are very, very, very large relative to what was shown in the Mexican Congress. So there's tons more stuff that has yet to come out. Now, one of the two groups, I think it's the one in the far south, I'm not sure at this point, uh, had said that they had uh, small bodies. Uh, the bodies were under three feet high, and they had a, um, a space alien spaceship that was of a, an appropriate size for bodies that big. In other words, they were saying that this um, <coughs> spaceship was like 10 feet across, and a human couldn't get into it, right? That it had an opening. Um, the opening would not accommodate uh, most uh, adult males, right? You just could not get yourself into the into the interior of the of the vessel because it was so small. Um, all kinds of information about the um, uh, the space aliens that this uh, group in the south, I think it was the one in the south, had found. Uh, so the the group in the north, we'll just separate them this way. Group in the north didn't have bodies. They had all kinds of other stuff uh, created by humans and uh, saved by humans. So there were some remnants of stuff that they think were like um, uh, bits and pieces of uh, alien material, right? Stuff they used or whatever. There's, they don't have forks and spoons, but it'd be kind of like that, right? That the humans saved what may be otherwise trivial bits of stuff. Uh, but they didn't have any bodies. Now, the ones in the south, the, the storehouse of these things that they found in the south, this is where they had the bodies. Now, I don't know that the bodies they displayed were the ones that I was aware of, that I'd had photos of, because I didn't see any, you know, they're obviously being displayed uh, reverentially and, um, and with much more care um, in, the, in the Mexican Congress than uh, in the photographs where they were uh, found um, in this, in this uh, area, this sort of pit. Um, I think the, the southern one was the cave and the northern one was the dig. Uh, they both... I got contacted by two different groups. I got uh, two sets of photos um, uh, pretty much like within a week of each other. So, so it was a little confusing for me as to which was which at the moment. Um, but in any event, the ones at the cave was where they found the little tiny spaceship and uh, uh, the bodies. And I, as I say, I think that was the one in the south. Now, they also have uh, devices, okay? So like... Uh, little handheld things that the um, little tiny space aliens would use. Now, um, one of the guys who had, who's a, uh, all right, so the one of these two groups, I think it's the, one of these two groups comes to me uh, through my buddy Joe, right? Uh, Joe from Tampa, JSNIP4. The other group uh, contacted me from this professor I know who is the son of a guy I knew at La Unum, okay? So uh, Enrico is the son of a professor at the um, La Unum, the university, actually. I think they mentioned that on the uh, Mexican um, congressional hearing, uh, that these things had been examined and uh, validated at La Unum, right? This is the largest university, I think, in the Americas, maybe the largest university in the planet. It's fucking huge. Um, I taught classes there in... in um, IT and SQL Server and SQL Design, search design, search patterns, uh, you know, disappearing data, um, 
uh, I did a lot of, um, you know, how to design algorithms so that you're aware of uh, the errors that they're going to throw, that sort of thing, right? Um, these were for the very sophisticated, um, this was for a class that La Unum ran for the Mexican government, all right? Uh, it was really a, it was a fun, fun trip. I got um, <laughs> treated to an 8.3 earthquake. Oh, man, that was something. Um, man, oh, that destroyed me, too. I've got, uh, still got damage from that I'm still working on. It bounced me down a, I was in this, um, in Mexico City, in uh, uh, Zona Rosa, in the red zone, right, over near the, uh, the area where the brothels and stuff are. But it was a cheap hotel, but it was just massively elegant. I had a five-room suite all to myself. It wasn't that booked up. And the whole whole hotel is made out of these giant, massive stones. So when the earthquake hit, the hotel didn't didn't uh, crumble or fall or anything. But I was in the I was in a stairway going down to breakfast when it hit, and I was on like um, my my room was on the fourth floor, and I was on the third floor, uh, just about to turn the little uh, thing in the stairway. I always take the stairs. I hate elevators. Um, you know, if it's 10 floors or less, I'll take the stairs. Uh, but anyway, so, so I'm walking down the stairs. I just turned around and was like at the third floor, just starting to head down the stairs to the second floor. The earthquake hits and it, it bounced me, it literally lifted me up off my feet. I was not holding on to any rails or anything. And it bounced me up across the, the little tiny stairway um, uh, hallway, so to speak, you know, the width of the stairway and smashed me into the wall over there. And that's where I still have the damage to my shoulder uh, from that and to the, that elbow. Um, it's in 93. So it, it's taking a long time. Anyway, um, and then it, then I, <laughs> I fell down the, the rest of the, that half flight of stairs and, and impacted the wall down there. And then it was still shaking, and I, I got the fuck out and popped out into the um, um, into the dining room. And all hell is breaking loose on the dining room there. But anyway, um, this was actually that was actually the uh, first little precursor earthquake. The big 8.3 happened as we were having breakfast. I was having breakfast with the um, my contact down there who to. Um, was going to take me over to La Unum and uh, was going to act as translator. And uh, we're sitting there. He's a, a young man in his late 30s, maybe. And he looks at me. You look really weird. It's just great breakfast. Man, I just an incredible breakfast. I'm just scarfing it down like mad. Figured the earthquake thing was all over. And then the 8.3 hit. And when it hit, it was just fantastic. Uh, the floor was buckling. It was all these giant stone slabs that were just moving around like... Um, uh, tiles in a mahjong game just just whipping back and forth lifting up people moving their tables being uh, thrown up and uh you know everything was in disruption everybody running like fuck to get get out of the the uh dining room and kitchen get out of the building because we all thought it was going to come down on us it was that violent and everybody's standing out in the street and people are pouring out of a building across the the way which was some kind of a government building and all of those people that came out um, were guarded by all these uh, fierce-looking Mexican troops with submachine guns who were, like, really serious about it. So there was, maybe it was a bank or something. I don't know what it was across the street. Um, but, like, two blocks down, there was a um, modern hotel, you know, probably 12, 15 stories. And from where I could 
where I was standing there in the street trying to make sure I was out of the way of any of the guys with the, the machine guns um, and just looking at everything, just taking it all in. And I saw the top of the that hotel, the hotel was rocking. It was just moving back and forth. And I thought for sure that thing was going to come down, you know, and I was like, oh my God. Um, one of the guys that I, who's also teaching at La Unum, um, not, not in my party, but was within this um, general contract. So he did, I think he was doing data analysis mathematics uh, and impacts with um, uh, mathematics on your algorithms. Anyway, uh, I didn't attend his lecture, so I, I don't know what it was. He was in the same plane as me in the in the at that previous night coming in, and um, so so I'd met him and talked to him, um, and he'd gone to that hotel. I'd gone to the um, Zona Rosa Hotel, uh, you know, which was shorter and homier and that kind of thing, right? Uh, as a consultant, you stay in too many of these anonymous kind of places. I just don't like them. Anyway, though, this guy I was talking to, um, the, the other uh, instructor, he was up in like one of the top floor rooms, had a magnificent view of the city, and then the earthquake hits, the big one, the little one freaked him out. He was in the bathroom, he said, when it when it happened, having a shower and didn't know what it was what was going on. And he got out, all of that, you know, and he's a little bit uh, rattled. And then the big one hits like, mm, maybe it was 15... 20 minutes later, it had been long enough that I'd gotten down to the uh, dining room and had been talking to my companion, had, had just started eating this marvelous uh, oatmeal with um, chocolate nibs in it. Mm, boy, that was good stuff. And, uh, you know, had some um, uh, Mexican bacon there on the side with this. Uh, it was just, it was just really good. Anyway, just really getting into it when the, when that earthquake hit. So now my, my friend up in the, um, uh, big uh, hotel. I think he was on the 11th floor. I don't think he was actually on the 12th floor. But anyway, he was in his room, had just gotten himself dressed. The big earthquake hit and it literally flung him off of his bed. And he said he impacted on the sliding glass door, which he had just shut uh, not five minutes before. If he, if he had not shut that sliding glass door, he do doesn't, he thinks he would have just been pitched right over the little balcony and had been, you know, would have been crushed his head on the pool down below, which didn't have any water in it, by the way. They were working on it. Um, so anyway, so he, he was just like seriously freaked out. I, I learned all this uh, because after we got all, every, you know, everybody got sort of calmed down and stuff, we picked him up in this cab. And the cabs in Mexico City are these um, Volkswagen bugs. So everybody's really crammed in there. So Anyway, so we're having a great conversation and driving along, trying to avoid all the debris and stuff. We didn't know what the fuck to do. We just went to work, right? Because we didn't know if they were going to have the classes or what. They ended up having them. You know, i got to give them credit for that. Damage and all this kind of stuff. But it was a marvelous educational experience. These guys uh, got some in-depth discussion on what they wanted to understand. We got them to programming SQL. All in the midst of, you know, people running around, sirens from... Uh, the aid cars and these guys are just sitting there taking it all in <laughs> you know I mean they got some some real mental control uh, I really liked that trip so many different ways that was the trip that I um that my plane got struck by lightning twice on the way in uh, maybe at like midnight or after um, the previous night and that's when I had the blinding flash of insight about the human psychicness and the leaking of, of language 
and that set me off on the whole thing, which brings us up to today in the space alien yesterday. <laughs> so anyway, love Mexico, you know. I, I agree with Max Egan. Don't anybody go to Mexico. It's a terrible place. It's full of banditos. And, uh, you know, your life will be at risk. Never, ever, ever go there. But, um, anyway, so. Uh, so there have been rumors for some time that one of these caches, we didn't know which, I didn't get involved with it. There's reasons I didn't want to get involved with it uh, relative to our own fucking government and my problems with the FBI or whoever the fuck, right? Whoever follows me, that kind of thing. Um, so I didn't didn't really uh, get involved with a lot of that stuff, but there were rumors that um, one of these caches of space alien stuff was being sold on the dark web. And, okay, so as far as the rumor was concerned, it was factual. There was a... Um, maybe even still is, I haven't been to look, uh, on the Tor side of the internet, you know, the dark web, the, uh, the unindexed, um, uh, non-URL, um, world where they use Tor addresses. There is a site that has photos and, and this kind of stuff and, and, uh, is, uh, you know, has mechanisms for contacting them and they're selling these things in cryptos. Uh, you know, they give you a Mexican um, uh, peso price or a dollar price. I think there's a dollar price as well and a euro um, to get you started on this. But that's the point at which the negotiations begin. And so the idea is that you, if you're interested in this, you're going to contact these people with the contact information that's given there. And you basically, it works by um, you go and put your email address um, in a particular blockchain uh, with a minimal payment and it's like I don't know maybe it costs 10 cents to put your name in there and they contact you right and but it's a um, uh, you know you put crypto in in there and you've got your email address and so they've got um, got an ability to, to contact you and they know that you know how to use cryptos and that you've got the fuckers um, and so it establishes a bona fide on, on your part to meet them. Now, I find that when I'm dealing with people in sketchy business, the more paranoid they are, the more they go through these kind of um, machinations, these, these uh, convolutions and stuff to assure their safety and assure their, uh, uh, that they know who they're dealing with, the more I trust that they are actually operating uh, from their... Uh, uh, a position of truth relative to their stated position, right? Um, so the so the more trouble, the more likely they are to be legit. And I'll tell you that when you get into these um, transactions, that uh, for a lot of different stuff, and this is from personal experience, when you get into these transactions that are extra governmental. Okay, so that some government somewhere doesn't want you doing this for whatever reason. So I refuse to say that they're illegal. They are illegal. There's laws against them, but these are not moral nor uh, binding laws on me. You know, so so I don't choose to be bound by their laws, especially if it's not a government that I happen to 
um, you know, have to exist under. Um, so, so, you know, so it's, it's not moral ambiguity. Uh, it's a question of um, legal certainty. You know, I'm quite certain that their actions are immoral, as are their laws, and I just don't uh, intend to follow them. But when you get into these kind of transactions and you're doing business with these, um, uh, with people at a crypto level on this, in my personal experience over these uh, last uh, couple of decades here, well, last decade with cryptos, but... Um, these are some of the nicest pirates you're ever going to want to meet. <laughs> they're some of the nicest uh, criminals, that, you know, and they're, they're honorable and so on. So I have dealt with them where through no fault of theirs, and I was willing to accept that through no fault of theirs, the package that had been promised to me uh, was interdicted by a government somewhere and, and I didn't get it, right? They resent it at their cost. And it's like, fuck, you know, because they are basically moral people like myself. It's what I would have done, you know, uh, that the customer would not have gotten it because of something I had done that had tipped off the government or whatever. And so I would have, if it would have been me, I would also have made it up if I had the, the wherewithal to do so. In any event, though, so, um, so there have been rumors that these caches of alien stuff, including the bodies, presumably, uh, were for sale. Now, there's a lot of other rumors out there uh, that you can find if you want to go and hunt uh, that suggest that the, there's a, an asp some portion of the Mexican government, I don't know if it's involved with the U.S. government in this or not, but there's some agency or group or whatever of the Mexican government that's been going out trying to prevent these sales, okay? That they are also savvy to what's going on uh, in Mexico relative to digging up all these alien things. And believe me, there's far more yet to be revealed, okay? So it's not just these bodies. Uh, it's far more yet to be revealed. This will all be coming out over these next few months. As I say, I expect other governments to get in on the act, and it's going to be quite interesting, especially when the, um, uh, the Russians start coming out with stuff. Anyway, um... I don't know if anything ever sold, okay? Uh, I do know there was activity on the blockchain. I do know that, um, uh, okay, I won't go into the details there, but I do know that there were several hundreds of email addresses that were put into this blockchain uh, with the intent of getting contacted by these people such that you could interact with them and potentially buy some of these items, okay? This is not something that I've done. This is, I didn't get involved in that, right? But I went back and checked later to see how that activity had been on the blockchain. Now, all of those addresses are encrypted, so you can go to that blockchain now, and you're not going to find, you know, uh, you know, Elon Musk at x.com there, right? It's not that kind of um, a thing. You'll find a, an encrypted email address with military 100 and, or 256 uh, byte encryption. So you're not going to crack it. Not easily, anyway. It'd just be luck. Um, anyway, though, so, uh, as I say, I don't know if anything sold. I don't know um, uh, 
how many transactions or any of that, but I do know that several hundred people had come across, and maybe it was like 250 or more at the time I checked it, and that would have been maybe February of this year, maybe March, sometime back. You know, it was just something I was keeping track of, but I wasn't uh, really intent on because I wasn't going to buy anything. It struck me as too, uh, you know, too many hitches in the get-along, and sooner or later, there's going to be some level of prohibition legally about owning this stuff um, at a personal level, right? Uh, if it does not already exist, because I'm certain there's laws that they can say, oh, no, it, you know, it falls under this law, you can't buy it, right? There's always a law for what they want. Um, <coughs> anyway, but I do know that there were, there was activity, a lot of people took it seriously, and a lot of people... Um, apparently were intent on getting contacted and stuff. Now, did they ever contact anybody? I don't know. The stuff they were offering for sale, though, included... Uh, I mean, let me think here. At least 18. So I remember two solid uh, um, images of, of uh, nine pictures, three across, three down. So, so um, uh, we've got at least 18 uh, photographs of what were said to be uh, different devices that were found in this uh, cache. Okay, some of these devices did not look like they were made out of metal. That was very interesting alone. Uh, they, they didn't look like plastic. It was kind of weird looking stuff. Um, Might have been biological, I don't know. Anyway though, these were claimed to be devices that were found or extracted uh, from the uh, area around uh, the mummified aliens. And this is, uh, you know, I don't know if they took them out of the spaceship. I don't know any of the details about it. It's, um, you know, as you can imagine, there's not a lot of uh, forthcoming uh, volumes of text describing all of this when basically I'm quite sure everybody there is assuming it's illegal as fuck and they don't want the Mexican government to come with their submachine guns and shoot the fuck out of them and take the, the stuff, right? So, <coughs> anyway, like I say, this is all very much on the on the down low. Um, anyway, so now Mexico has, uh, the Mexican government has come up with this um, entree that's going to put them uh, at the pinnacle of this for some period of time until someone else comes up with something that's more exciting. Because I bet you that over the next week or two, we'll, we'll hear about more space alien stuff coming out of Mexico. And there were a lot, by the way, there was a lot of um, elegant cast gold uh, representation of, of spaceships and aliens and that kind of stuff in this cache. And this was some very interesting... Uh, casting work. All right, so it's not like these were made by the space aliens. These were made by the the natives that interacted with the space aliens uh, and were so enthralled or whatever, and they cast gold images of the aliens, of the spaceship, of the aliens standing there in what looks like these, I don't know, like little tiny boots with like life rafts on the bottom or something. So like really fat feet boots and the little alien in the... Um, uh, the gold statue is holding something in his hand. I couldn't see it from the photo, but maybe presumably one of the devices that they've got there for sale. So anyway, I'm hoping that all this shit starts coming on out and we'll see uh, the backstory on this and we'll, and I'm certain there is more to be discovered 
that was what one of the groups, I think the group that was in um, the dig, which I think was, that was the north, where they actually just, you know, found it in a field kind of a thing and kept digging, and there was more, and there was more, and there was more. I think that was the one that was somehow associated with the volcano, either on the side of a volcano or something like that. Um, so, anyway, here, here we are now. We're now into alien year. Yesterday is a happy alien day. So, you know, next year, September 12th, anniversary, happy alien day. Um, gonna be fun, guys. <laughs> gonna be tremendously fun. Uh, I'm getting through the fog here. It's dangerous as fuck. You can't see the car ahead of you 10 feet away. And I'm gonna have to... Um, go and do my chores here, but I'll have another one of these on the way out. I suspect over the next few weeks that we'll be doing a lot of talk about aliens, and it's going to really start affecting the social order. This is actually one of the things that the Kazarian Mafia was desperate to control, and I'm pleased that they can't, that, that it's out now and that they just won't have any option to, um, to use it and shovel it to their... Um, uh, their ends. Anyway, as I say, <laughs> happy alien day. Um, and we'll see you, right? It's going to be uh, quite the interesting, uh, quite the interesting future. World changed yesterday. Talk to you later.